the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Amen. He that has begun a good work will perfect it in your life. You'll go to the full land and receive the price. Can I hear an amen? amen? Can I hear an amen? amen? The Bible said, they that endure to the end, the same shall be rewarded. It's not they who start, it's they who finish. And grace is upon you to finish. Grace is upon you to pray. Grace is upon you to fast. Grace is upon you to be in services. Amen. Shout, grace is, on me. grace is on me. Now, 1 Timothy 1, 18 to 20, before I move into the zone area tonight. 1 Timothy 1, 18 to 20. The work of a pastor demands that every now and again, you are reminded of what you may have been taught. Paul said, for me to write the same thing to you again, for you is grievous, but to me is needful. Here, the instruction Apostle Paul gives to his son Timothy. He says, this charge, somebody say this charge. Now, this charge means, is a military term. It means this order, this instruction, this command I give unto you. Son Timothy, according to the prophecies. Somebody say, according to the prophecies. That according to the prophecies previously made concerning you. According to the prophecy, the King James says, according to the prophecy that had gone before you. According to the prophecy. Give me the King James Version. According to the prophecies that have gone ahead of you. According to the prophecies. That thou by them, somebody say by them. By them. Mightest war a good warfare. How many of you understand that life is war? And every year you will be required to war. And if you run or you war and win, it depends on the prophetic word you are running with. The prophetic word that is holding you on the journey will determine whether you finish the journey and with joy for that matter. Paul said, according to the word that has gone ahead of you, you have to war. You are at war already, but the war must be done well. And he said, if you are going to war well... I commit this charge unto you according to the prophecy which has gone ahead of you. That thou by the prophecies might war a good warfare. In other words, when you set the prophecies aside, you war a failed warfare. He said, by the prophecies, you war a good warfare. I see you warring a good warfare. I said, I see you warring a good warfare. That's why knowledge of what God has spoken concerning us and then a proper understanding of it is critical if it will ever manifest. Many people confess the prophetic word. It's my year of grace, but it's grace speaking in your life. 
It's my year of grace. But is it manifesting practically in your life? Your spiritual life, your relational life. Will you see it? The Bible says, when prophecies go forth. Last Sunday, I was telling the international community folks. That when prophecies go forth, Satan gets to know what God is about to do. Satan doesn't know all things. God is omniscient. He knows all things. But when God makes his mind know, Satan gets to know it. And the moment he gets to know what God has spoken, everything he does is to fight to the, to the extent that the word God spoke will never come to pass. That's Satan's agenda. So when God speaks and you go to sleep, you have already decided that you don't want to see the word of God that has been spoken to come to pass in your life. When God speaks, it's time to stay awake and pray. In the, in the book of Genesis, right from the beginning, God spoke and said, the seed of the woman will bruise the head of a serpent. That's God spoke it. Yes, yes, yes came to pass. And that word had not been fulfilled. The moment God spoke from Genesis 1, Satan started putting strategies in place, making sure that that word will never come to pass. All the way, it went all the way until a woman was, was made pregnant supernaturally. When the child was about to be born, Satan provoked an evil king. He put an evil king there so that when the word is about to be fulfilled, the king will make a counter decree that will kill Christ. So before Jesus was born, a prophecy went, all those who are born under a certain age, the king was looking for them to kill them. If Anna had not been praying in the temple, Jesus would have been slaughtered with all the other children that were slaughtered. He told Moses, Abraham when he first made contact with him that, listen, your seed are going to be in bondage for 400 years. After 400 years, I'm going to bring them out. When the 400-year decree was up and the people started repositioning themselves for what God has said, immediately Satan provoked the king to make a decree. All male children that are born, they should be slaughtered. Why? Because the one that God is going to use to bring the people out is born in that same season. Let me tell you something. Satan is not powerful. He's smart. And if you are a Christian, you are going to win over Satan. You have to be smarter. Praise the Lord. You have to be smarter. And you are not smart in your degree sense or your PhD sense. You are smart when you are scripturally literate and smart. That's what determines your smartness in life. Your smartness is defined by scripture. I'm not communicating here. So when God speaks, that's the time to stay awake in prayer. It's our year of grace. But I tell you, if you stay in your house and you fail to show up in meetings like this to pray, worship, and fast, forget it. It will not happen. Praise the Lord. At the end of the day, you think God is a liar, but he, he doesn't need to debate himself. He's not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. What he has said he will do, what he has spoken, he will bring it to pass. Am I communicating here? You have to understand that. Prophecies don't come so we go to sleep. Elijah told the man, Ahab, the king Ahab, he said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. He prophesied, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. The Bible says he went to the Mount Camel and he put, he cast his head between his knees and he began to pray. And consistently he prayed, prayed and prayed and prayed until he sent his servant to go. He saw nothing. He sent him to go seven times until the seventh time he said, I see something small like the hand. He told Ahab, it's now time for the word to be fulfilled. 
When you read James, you think it you just he just he just a prophecy. Oh, he prophesied and it came to pass. He prophesied and prayed for the prophecy to be fulfilled. Praise the Lord. God has a mind to favor you this year. Your human is very sick. That's what grace is about. Grace is a merited favor. So God gives you that which you don't deserve. But there's a platform. I told those who were here on Monday that there's a platform, there's a frequency you must tune to in order to receive the broadcast or the radio news that is coming from Asasi FM or Joy FM or any of the stations. Something great may be going on there, but as long as your radio frequency is not there, you won't see it. And you have to spiritually be on the same frequency with us. Are you here with me? I pray that God will give you wisdom to know what to do. Amen. The Bible said, and as for the men of Issachar, which were men who had understanding of the times, they knew what Israel ought to do. You see, life is a, 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 an adventure of excitement when you know what to do. If you see somebody who is depressed, downcast, and is contemplating suicide and all, he doesn't know what to do. But when you get to know what to do, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, the labor of the foolish worried every one of them because they don't know what to do. You'll be frustrated. This year, you'll know what to do. Amen. I said, this year, God is showing you what to do. Amen. In this fast, God is showing you what to do. Amen. What steps to take. What people to associate with. Amen. The right places to go. Amen. God is showing all of that to you. Shout an amen. amen. Shout a believing amen. amen. Exodus 33 verse 14 to 16. Exodus 33 verse 14 to 16. Before we do that, you can keep it here. Let's all recite our text together. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. One go. All right. Exodus. Somebody say, grace is abounding towards me. I have abundance of grace for every area of my life. Spiritually, I have abundance of grace. Financially, I have abundance of grace. Intellectually, I have abundance of grace. Business-wise, I have abundance of grace. Relationally, I have abundance of grace. Grace is upon me Grace is before me. Grace is beside me. Grace is behind me. Grace is all around me. I am in grace. Every area of my life. Favor is mine. Advantages are mine. Opportunities are mine. I advance. I make progress. I succeed in all my engagement. In Jesus, much less name. Shout an amen. amen. Alright, so he says... And he said, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. This year, grace is going with you. Amen. The grace of God will go with you. Amen. And you will have rest in every area of your life. Amen. Jesus said, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy lady and I will give you rest. When he goes with you, he guarantees rest. You will get rest by all means. Now verse 15. Then he said, if your presence does not go, verse 15 please, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. 
For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight? Take note. How then can it be known that I am a person of grace? This is what the man Moses is asking. How then can people know that indeed it's my year of grace? It's my season of grace. How else would anybody know that I have found favor in your sight? He said, is it not in your going with us? So that I and your people may be distinguished. Somebody say, may be distinguished. Uh-huh. May be distinguished. Favor will distinguish you. Amen. I said, favor will distinguish you. Amen. In business, you'll be distinguished. Amen. In ministry, you'll be distinguished. Amen. In every area of your life, receive distinction. Amen. Be distinguished by God. Amen. Be distinguished by favor. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. He said, where else will I be distinguished? How will I be different? How will my case be different? They say the economy is down. How will your own personal economy be different? They say people are afflicted with all manner of sicknesses. How will your own health be different? The Bible said that is only possible when God's grace is going with you. That's what we are looking at. I said that it is the grace of God that makes all the difference in life. Somebody said the grace of God. That makes all the difference in life. Alright, so on Monday I started a teaching series Grace Makes All the Difference. Somebody say Grace Makes All the Difference. Say Grace Makes All the Difference. Yeah, Grace Makes All the Difference. And we want to see the kind of difference Grace Makes in our lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. He said, and God is able. So we looked at the word able first. And we said able is ability, able is willingness. God is able to do something. And what is he able to do? He's able to make. And then he tells us he's able to make grace available. But he didn't just say grace available. He says he makes all grace. Somebody say all grace. All grace. Say all grace. all grace. Say all grace is mine. All grace is mine. All grace is mine. Yeah. All grace. All grace. There are some people, they are intellectually smart, but they are relationally poor. But when God empowers you, he makes all grace available to you. Every other area of your life will work. I said this year, every other area of your life will work. Your marriage will work. Your finances will work. Your spiritual life will work. You will not be lopsided in any area of your life. You won't say that, oh, as for me, uh, career-wise, I'm doing well, but I'm not able to maintain relationship. It shall not be your testimony. I said it shall not be your testimony. He's able to make all grace. Somebody say all grace. grace. Now, God is able to make all grace because he's the God of all grace. 1 Peter 5, verse 10 and 11. King James Version says, God is the God of all grace. Look at that. But the God of all grace. Can you see that? Can you see that? But the God of what? All grace. That's why he's able to make all grace abound. He's the God of all grace, so he's able to make all grace abound towards you. If somebody said he was going to give you a certain uh, property, a naked person says, I will give you cloth. You have to listen to his name first. And his name says he's naked, so he can't clothe you. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So, before God said he's able to make all grace, 
First of all, we have to know that he's a God of all grace. I see the God of all grace showing up in your life. All grace is coming into your life. All grace is already yours. 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 He says, but the God of all grace, who has called you unto eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, make you perfect, strengthen, establish, and settle you. I see you settled by God. I said, I see you settled by God. You see, he has called you to glory, but now you are suffering. He's called you to glory, but you are being challenged now. He's called you to glory, but things doesn't look glorious in your life now. He's called you to glory, but everything looks like shame around you. But I see his grace bringing settlement. I see his grace bringing settlement. I see his grace bringing establishment. I see his grace settling you finally. In the mighty name of Jesus, say, I am settled. I am strengthened. I am established. I am made perfect by the grace of God. Shout a believing amen. amen. God is able to make all grace. I'll just touch on six important graces God makes available to us. Six important graces God makes available unto us. All grace. So it's exhaustive. God's grace is inexhaustible. But as six of them, scripture reveals that we want to uh, avert our minds too from now till and, and tomorrow, hopefully. The first one is what we find in Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Titus 2, 11. Titus 2, 11. He said, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all. Somebody say, the grace of God that brings salvation. Say, the grace of God that brings salvation. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I love it. I, I'm always excited when I talk about salvation and the fact that it's an act of grace. Because if salvation was to be paid for, a lot of us would not have it. Because it would have been, too, in fact, it is too expensive for any of us to pay. First Peter says, you were redeemed not with corruptible things such as silver and gold. <laughs> what the world cherishes most, what the world values most, the Bible says God calls it perishable, useless stuff. Gold is useless. Silver is useless. When it comes to the price that was paid for your redemption, listen, never cheapen your salvation. And never take it for granted. Never. One of the things you have to learn to respect. You see, the more spiritual you become, the more you are grateful for salvation. The more spiritual, when you are carnal, you look at a lot of things, you evaluate things from a carnal perspective. But the spiritual people are eternally grateful for salvation. Praise the Lord. Grateful for salvation. Grateful for salvation. So the first thing, he said, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all. Somebody say, unto all. Say, unto all. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. He said, For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God and not of works, lest any man should boast. So, by grace I am saved. Somebody say, I am saved by grace. Saved by it's not of my works, it is the gift of God. Say, Father, I thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you that I don't have to work for it. Thank you for giving it to me. 
freely without charge at the cost of Christ. Yeah, 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 yeah. The price for salvation is Christ. He paid with his life. That's what he did. Why is it that some people are not able to go all out and serve God? Why is it that people serve God conveniently and not passionately? Why is it that people are not willing to make great sacrifices for God? Because they don't value salvation. They don't value it. They want God to give them a visa. Then their energy will come to serve God. No. God gave you visa to heaven. Am I communicating here? Yeah. You see, you can be denied visas to certain places on the earth. But you don't want to be denied visa to heaven. Because it's an eternal place. If you are granted admission or permission into hell. You are eternally doomed. You are eternally doomed. That's why you can't take salvation for granted. And by the way, according to Romans 8.32, he said, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up freely for us, how shall he not also with him? Somebody say with him. Amen. Say with him. Amen. So every other good thing that you can receive in life, you can only receive it when Christ comes into your life. That's what the Bible says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. If Christ is not in you, you have a Mercedes, you have a house, you have whatever it is, it's useless. There is no future glory in it. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Because Christ adds weight to every other thing you have. Christ brings meaning to every other area of our lives. I like it when the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 9, he said, brethren, we are persuaded of better things concerning you. Somebody say better things. Say better things. Say there are better things concerning me. In Christ, there are better things. There are better things. There are better things. I like it when in the Psalms he said, glorious things are spoken of you. Oh, Zion, city of God. Glorious things. To be saved is to have glorious things spoken of you. He said, we are confident of better things. Say, I'm confident. Oh, shout, I am confident. I have better things in Christ. Better things. How did you come into better? How can you be confident of better things concerning you? He said, the things that accompany what? Salvation. The things that accompany salvation. Without salvation, you can't get the things that accompany salvation. But with salvation comes all the things that accompany it. Peace. Righteousness. The spirit feeling your life. Joy. Progress. Success. All of these things are things that accompany salvation. I see them coming into your life. Favor is yours. Peace is yours. Prosperity is yours. Advancement is yours. Progress is yours. In the name of Jesus. The things that accompany salvation are manifesting in your life. Shout, I believe it. I manifest it. Yeah, he said the things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. So first and foremost is the grace that brings what? Salvation. We call it the saving grace. Somebody say the saving grace. Saving. Say the saving grace. Saving you know, a, a lot of people have problems ignorantly so with the message of grace. And it's because they don't understand that <laughs> the entirety of our Christian adventure and walk is grace. And so they, they, they have not taken time to study the Bible and be schooled by what God has to say about grace. So they take it one way and they feel that that's all. The grace of salvation is the foundation. But when that grace comes, 
the other graces begin to follow. And the one that follows is the sanctifying grace. Somebody say sanctifying grace. Oh, pastor, if you preach grace, people will sin. People are sinning without grace. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. People were doing their own things without grace. You can preach hell, stone, and fire. People will still sin. What was uh, Noah preaching? In, in 40 days, God would destroy the earth with water. And people, they, the Bible said, they were just looking at him and they were laughing. Imminent danger is coming. People didn't change. The Bible said, but the goodness of God leaded men to repentance. That's why we preach grace. Grace helps you to see the goodness of God. When the prodigal son came back home and saw the mess that he had been, and when he looked at his father, waiting for the father to pass judgment on him, and the father looked at him and says, my son, you were lost. I've been looking for you since the very day you left. When he came back, there is no way that prodigal son can walk out of the house again. I'm not communicating here. When you come under the influence of grace, there is nothing that will make you want to sin. Grace empowers people to live a liberated life in Christ, not a life of sin. Are you here with me? Grace starts with salvation. It saves you. And then it begins to empower you to live right. Somebody say, I'm empowered to live right. Now, do you know that until you receive the gift of righteousness, you cannot be righteous? It is the gift of righteousness that gives way for a life of righteousness. When we got born again, Jesus was made unto us the wisdom of God, the power of God, and the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. God imparted his nature into us. His nature is that of righteousness. And so we are able to do, a believer is one who is able to do right. And the reason why he's able to do right is because he has the nature of Christ in him. Praise the Lord. Before we got born again, we had the nature of sin. That's why Jesus told them, you are of your father, the devil. And the last of your father, you will do. Your, your father sinned from the beginning. Because you are a sinner, your father is the devil. And the nature of the devil is to sin. When you become born again, God becomes your father. His nature comes into you. And so you begin to function after his nature. And his nature is righteousness. Can somebody say an Amen. amen. That's why the Bible says, he that is born of God cannot sin because his seed abides in him. Am I communicating here? One who is genuinely born again cannot continue a lifestyle of sin. He will not be comfortable in sin. If you are very comfortable sinning, it is most likely you are not saved. If you are genuinely saved, you will always be, on, there will be an unrest in your heart. Or an unrest discomfort, pain. You see, the more you give your life, yourself to sin, the more unhappy you become. Why? Because you are doing something that is against your nature. You are doing something that is diametrically opposed to who you are. That's why you are uncomfortable. It's not that the sin is not pleasurable. Sin is fun. The Bible said, for the pleasures of sin for a season. Sin brings some fun, but it's a short-lived fun. And when you are born again, you cannot. There is a greater joy. There is a greater pleasure. That comes for the one who is born again. And that pleasure comes from dwelling in God's presence. That will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At the right hand are pleasures evermore. Am I communicating here? So you don't live after the pleasures of sin, but you live after the pleasure of staying in God's presence. Are you here with me? Yes, sir. That's it. So sanctification. 
follow salvation. That's what the Bible says. That's why he could boldly say, under grace, you are not under, you, you are not in bondage to sin. So Romans chapter 6 verse 14, he said, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Dominion means that you are a slave. You know, sinners sin because they are slaves to sin. They cannot do anything about it. The Bible said, by nature, we were children of wrath. We were children of disobedience. That was our nature. That's what we did naturally. We felt comfortable doing it. That's what Ephesians tells us. We were doing it comfortably. We were fine doing it. Because by our nature, we were children of disobedience. But when you got born again, your nature is not a child of disobedience. You have been sanctified unto obedience by faith. And so your nature is that of righteousness. Say, I'm the righteousness of God. Righteousness. I don't function in sin. I flourish in righteousness. I live a life of righteousness. I'm enabled by grace to say no to sin. I walk in righteousness. I walk in dominion over sin in every area of my life. So Titus chapter 2 verse 11 to 12. That's what he says. Under grace, sin shall not have dominion. What? Say under grace, sin doesn't rule me. I rule sin. I have authority. I have power over sin. Yeah. Titus 2, 11 and 12. New International Version. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. You see, that's why when, when God gave you salvation for free, that salvation when we say unmerited favor, you can't use unmerited favor as an excuse to do what you want. Because he gave you salvation for free and he gave you power to do that which pleases him. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So for the grace of God that offers salvation has appeared unto all people. Now look at this. What it does. Salvation has come. Then he says, it teaches us to say what? That's sanctification. That's where sanctification begins. Okay. There is a spiritual sanctification that took place when you got born again. But there is a sword sanctification. There is a physical sanctification. That continues when you begin to learn to say no. Somebody say say no. Say yeah. No. This year you say no. Amen. I say this year you say no. Amen. No to pornography. No, no to lustful desires. Amen. No. No. That's not my nature. No. You, 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 cannot, you cannot give red meat for uh, a cattle to feed on. It's not his nature. If you put it there, you say no. Why? Because I'm a cattle. I feed on grass, not on red meat. I'm not communicating here. But when you put red meat before a lion, oh, it will growl and begin to swallow it up. You can also put all manner of assorted grass, precious grass, before a lion. And it will just be staring at you. In fact, you will be angry. Why? Because you are exposing it to something that is contrary to his nature. Somebody say, I have the nature of righteousness. Say, I have the nature of righteousness. And so I say no to sin. He says, he teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Worldly passions. And to live self-control, upright, and godly life in this present world. Is it possible to live holy? Yes. In this world, it's holy. It's possible. Somebody say it's possible. Say it's possible. Grace makes it possible for me to live a life of holiness. Grace makes it possible for me to live a life of righteousness. This year, 
I make a quality choice by the grace of God at work in me to say no. I say no. I say no to alcohol. I say no to cigarette. I say no to fornication. I say no to anything that defies me. I declare by faith that I function in righteousness. I bear fruit of righteousness. I honor God with my life in every area of my life. I bring glory to God. My life honors him. My life pleases him in all things. Lift up your voice. I'm going to speak to God. Thank him for grace. In Jesus precious name. Say Father I thank you that I'm saved by grace. Thank you Father that I'm sanctified by grace. In Jesus precious name. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. We are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.